0: Bless the Lord, oh my soul. soul, oh my soul, oh, worship his soul. Ten thousand reasons for my heart to find Bless the Lord
1: sounds great from up here. I think God is enjoying it too. Thanks. You can be seated. Kiddos, anybody who feels like a kid, even if you're 72 years old, come on up to the front here. Let's gather right up here. You guys can go down. All right. Yeah. Come on up guys. Just sit right up here on the steps and stuff. And look spectacular like you always do. Anybody can come on up. Bill Dudney, you're not too old. Come on up. Perfect, perfect. Okay, guys, turn around so you can see me here if you can. That's perfect. I'm just going to stand up here for a few minutes. Now, tell me, what in the world is a pastor anyways? What is a pastor? He's me? Okay, well, that's, that's a good start. (laughs) <laughs> that's an excellent start, Daniel. Thank you. Right. Like. like Perfect. Like a shepherd with sheep and he guides us where to go. Maybe that's why I've got this stick. It's not just a funny looking stick. This is like a stick like a shepherd would use. Right. Good. What other I answers? Sheep. Yeah. Like the sheep taking care of the sheep. What else? Right. What else? He works, in a church. he works in a church. That's a good thing. Anything else a pastor does? Does a pastor only work on Sunday? No, no that's the right answer. Thank you. Very good. No, no. What else were you going to say? A pastor preaches the gospel. How awesome is that? That our children know that. That is awesome. So here's a pastor is like a shepherd. And a shepherd would take care of the sheep, right? And the sheep were not. They didn't always know where to go. And they weren't always sure what was going on. But the pastor would use his, excuse me, the shepherd or the pastor, either one, would use his shepherd code. And he would, sometimes he would help people a little bit. He would like, come over this way a little bit. Okay, I need you to come this way. He would help. He would also watch for danger. Now, who would be like danger for us from a pastor? Satan, that's exactly right. A pastor needs to watch out for evil things. He also needs to make sure that everybody feels safe together. You should be very safe and sound, right? Like it's just like it is right now, right here. And he also, what else do you think? Yeah, and that's you. That's right, that's perfect. And also, he should definitely be saying, guys, here's where we need to go to where there's better grass than this. Sometimes this feels like it's okay right where we are, but sometimes the pastor needs to say, let's go over there because it's even better over there. That's what we're doing right now. We're getting a new shepherd, a new pastor today. We're going to talk about that. Also today, if you guys got those packets that were outside in the, in the narthex area, you could look at those and there's little things about the symbols that we're going to use because we're going to use symbols of water water and oil, and the Bible, and books, and everything else for us to remember what a pastor is supposed to bring to us. Okay, very good. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you for these beautiful children. Thank you. Thank you for the gift that they are to us. Thank you that they see and hear and know, and they can know the right answers to this. Help us today as we engage with this process of bringing a new pastor. Uh, Give us the heart, the wisdom, the truth, the faith of these children. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Great. You guys can go back to your parents. Give them a big hand. They were awesome. <clears throat> Perfect. Okay. Now all the rest of you, go ahead and stand up right now. You, I think these kiddos can find... There's somebody you do not know that's around close by. Turn around, say hello, welcome them, greet them. All right. That's enough being nice. Yeah. Kmart shoppers, please take your purchases at the front of the store. The store will be closing. That's right. That's enough being nice to each other. I hope you met somebody that's from a different service from you. I hope you had an opportunity to do that and maybe some other uh, visitors and so forth. This is a super friendly church. I will tell you this. I went last weekend to a church in Ohio I was there 15, 20 minutes early. I stayed 20 minutes late. I had four people speak to me in the entire time I was there during the entire time. That would not have happened at this church. Thank you. I was was very grateful to be a part of this congregation. If you have one of these, now's a great time to silence that rascal so you don't embarrass yourself with your Taylor Swift ringtone here in a couple of minutes. And here to uh, give us some charge and some encouragement for the morning is Dr. Mark Young, the president of Denver Seminary. Thanks for coming. Give him a big hand.
2: Thank you. (laughs) First, let me congratulate you on the quality of your children, the education they have. I I think we ought to just all award them a seminary degree after those answers (laughs) right away. It was also interesting to watch you, several of you going like this. So if you want to make me feel at home, just go like this right now. I'll, I'll, I'll thank you very much. Yeah. So, let me ask you this question. Let's start with this. Uh, was the Apostle Paul crazy? Yeah. A little bit. Crazy Jesus. Yeah, that's exactly right. You know, it's interesting. Take out your, your Bibles and look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians 5. We'll start in verse 13. 2 Corinthians Uh, 5.13. What I love about the New Testament is that God didn't just give us a book of ideas. Uh, He didn't just give us a book full of thoughts that somehow we could organize about Him. He gave us a book about people, written by people, written to people. And in those stories about people, we see the image of God begin to emerge. And so even when we read Paul's letters, which can get pretty thick and pretty heavy theologically with all of these grand ideas, fundamentally, we're engaging with a person. We're listening to Paul reflect upon who God is as he sees God work out his purpose and his plan and his power in Paul's life. And then as you read more and more on Paul, some glimpses of Paul's life begins to emerge. And what you see about the Apostle Paul is that he was a person who, just like you and just like me, experienced wonderful things and experienced not so wonderful things. Just like you and just like me, Paul was embraced by some and rejected by others. And just like you and just like me, there were people who got it when Paul spoke. And there were people who looked at Paul and thought, what is wrong with that person? Second Corinthians 513, Paul gives one of those little glimpses into his life. And he says this, if we are out of our mind, as some say, it is for God. There were some who thought that Paul was out of his mind. And if you've gone to seminary and you had all these years of study, you would know that the phrase that's translated out of his mind means out of his mind. <laughs> and that only costs 500 bucks an hour to learn that. <laughs> he was out of his mind in some people's view. Paul acted in ways that caused some folks to wonder if he hadn't lost some of his faculties. Or, as we said, where I lived in Texas, if he wasn't one taco shy of a fiesta platter. (laughs) When you think about Paul's life, there was a lot about Paul's life which caused people to think that. Even before Paul met the risen Christ, Paul was a person who was characterized by an absolute devotion to what he believed to be true a full-on commitment to his convictions about what he believed the world was like and, more importantly, what he believed God was like. Think back with me about how Paul reflects on his own life in Philippians chapter 3. Paul says that he was advancing as a Pharisee that led him to a lifestyle that could only be considered a Pharisaic lifestyle – And in fact, some would say that Paul was a Pharisee of the Pharisees, a Pharisee of Pharisees, one who embodied what it meant to be a Pharisee. So in the Pharisaic worldview, that meant rigid obedience to the law, that meant rigid obedience to the testimony and to the traditions of the Pharisaic teaching. Whatever Paul did, Paul did it full bore. And so when Paul was a Pharisee, he lived as Pharisees ought to live. He studied the Torah. He lived the Torah. He defended the Torah. And in the rabbinic tradition, he built a fence around the Torah. So that no one could possibly undermine this great revelation of God. And then when Paul met the risen Christ. In Acts chapter 9, when Paul was blinded and spoken to by the risen Christ. Paul became a Christian that lived out his convictions in ways that very few people did. Listen to me. Paul lived with absolute devotion to his convictions. And the truth is, that kind of person makes you and me nervous. I'm convinced that if the Apostle Paul walked into any church in North America, we would immediately recommend counseling for him. Because Paul did things that some people thought were crazy. You want to know how Paul lived out his absolute, how much Paul lived out his absolute devotion to his convictions before Paul met the risen Christ? As a Pharisee of the Pharisees. When he heard that there were some who confessed this scoundrel from Nazareth as the Messiah. And who were actually preaching that Jesus was Messiah. And that even some of the Pharisees were believing this heresy according to Paul. Paul was so convinced that the Pharisaic way was right. That he set out to destroy Christians. And then he met the risen Christ. And Paul began to live out his absolute devotion, his absolute conviction that this one known as Jesus of Nazareth was in fact the Messiah, was in fact the risen Christ, that some thought he was out of his mind. But if he was, he was certainly in good company. You see, in the early part of Jesus' life, We read that there were so many people pressing in upon Jesus and his disciples looking for a miracle, waiting to hear what he would say next about God, wanting to know what God was about in this one called Jesus that he and his disciples couldn't even eat. And we read in the biblical text that Jesus family came to take the text literally says take possession of him because they thought he was same phrase out of his mind. Why? Because Jesus could do nothing but live out his conviction of the mission that God had given him. So the question is, was Paul crazy? And the answer is absolutely not. Paul goes on in 2 Corinthians 5:13 and he says that if we if we are in our right mind, It is for you. Paul's life was characterized by an absolute conviction that the risen Christ had called him to be engaged in letting everyone he possibly could know who this Jesus is. And so he goes on in 2 Corinthians 5.14 and he says this, For the love of Christ compels us. Paul was a person who had a compulsion disorder. Isn't it interesting that in our society, if you you live with a sense of compulsion, you're considered to have a disorder? Paul says he was compelled by the love of Christ. Let's break that apart just a bit. First, let's talk about this word Christ. How easily we say that. Compelled by the love of Christ. When the Apostle Paul uses the word Christ, he does so with very, very significant intentionality. He doesn't say we're compelled by the love of Jesus, does he? In fact, in 1 Corinthians 15, when he talks about the gospel, he writes that Christ died for our sins. And so every time you encounter the word Christ in the New Testament... What I want you to do is remember that when Paul uses the word Christ, he's using a title for Messiah. The one who was promised of old, the one upon whom God placed all of his eternal plan and his eternal purpose. This is the one that was promised by God. This is the one that was awaited to bring about all that God intended for humanity. This is Christ. Thank you. I can tell you are Pentecostal, for heaven's sake. (laughs) I was was preaching in an African-American church. I love the way the African-Americans interact with their preachers. And as I was going along, I said, "Okay, look, I'll make you a promise. I promise I won't try to preach back black if you won't listen white. (laughs) Think about who this person is. The eternal Son of God made flesh, the promised Messiah, the centerpiece of all that God has for humanity. The crucified Son of God, perfect and complete, the sacrifice for sin, propitiating the very wrath of God and accomplishing redemption for all humanity. The risen Son of God, vindicated as the victor over sin, a death, ascended into heaven. And ruling over all creation. The coming Son of God who will consummate God's mission and rule on earth in perfect justice, redeeming all of creation and restoring it to what God has intended. This is our Christ. That's what compelled Paul. This was not just a prophet, this was not just a religious teacher. This is the eternal son of God. In whom all humanity finds any shred of hope. This Christ compelled Paul. but When Paul thought about Christ. What came to his mind. Is the love of Christ. I like to say it this way. All of us starts somewhere when we think about God. All of us. Perhaps you were raised in an environment that made you think, first of all, of God's wrath. When I grew up in the country in West Virginia, everywhere I went, people were shouting Jesus. When I worked in the barn, they were shouting Jesus. When I went to church, they were shouting Jesus. So I had this intrinsic thought that Jesus was just mad all the time. Because every time I heard his name, somebody was shouting Jesus. Different context, different meaning. But they were all shouting Jesus. And then someone in my dorm room as a freshman in college sat down and told me that God loved me. Completely changed my perspective. I don't know. Maybe you start with the sovereignty of God. Maybe you start with the holiness of God. But if we look at what God has done for humanity, where we must begin. Is with the love of God. For God so what? Loved the world that he sent his only son. It is this love of God. This love that none of us can possibly understand. This love that Paul would pray. That we would begin to grasp how wide it is. How long it is. How high it is. And how deep it is. In Ephesians chapter 3. This is what compelled Paul. Paul was keenly aware that as someone who had blasphemed the name of Jesus. The risen Jesus. That someone who had been opposed to the very plan of God. Only the love of God would cause Christ to redeem him. And so it is this love of Christ that pushed Paul to live in ways that others thought were crazy. But it's not just Christ's love for Paul, it is Christ's love for the world that compels Paul. Look at verse 14. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all. I love 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 16, where Paul is defending his right to be an apostle. And there were those in Corinth who were evidently accusing him of preaching the gospel so that he could make money. Trust me, they weren't preaching the gospel. There ain't no money to be made in that. And all of a sudden, Paul says, I don't preach to make money. Woe to me if I do not preach. For I am compelled to preach. 1 Corinthians 9.16 This reminds me so much of what Paul says in Acts chapter 20. And after he'd finished his missionary work, he's headed back to Jerusalem and on his way back to Jerusalem, he goes to Ephesus and he meets with the leaders of the church in Ephesus and he says this to them. And now, compelled, there's that word again, compelled by the spirit, I am going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city. The Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. However, Paul writes, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task Of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. Paul was convinced. He was convinced that this Jesus was in fact the risen Christ. Paul was convinced that the coming of Christ. The death of Christ on the cross. Was in fact the greatest expression of the love of God. And Paul was convinced that the death of Christ on the cross that expressed the love of God was, in fact, for all people. Being convinced of all of those things, Paul could do nothing but organize all of his life around the task of testifying to what God had done in Christ. You want to know who's crazy? The person who believes that. And doesn't organize their life that way. The person who can say that. And not be compelled by it. To live in ways that are completely outside. What people expect we should be and we should do. These convictions drove Paul to a life. That those around him thought. Was in fact foolish. And crazy. And so, Jim, the biggest question you have to ask each and every day is what compels you to come back to ministry. What drives you? Sometimes we're driven by a sense of fear. We have to protect ourselves from those who are opposing us. Sometimes we're driven by our own egos, believing that we have to prove ourselves to others. Sometimes we're driven by a sense that we have to please others in order to have a harmonious role in the church. Don't be driven by fear. Don't be driven by your ego. You don't have to prove yourself to anyone. Don't be driven by the desire to please. Be driven by the love of Christ. Church. If you, as the people of God, exist for any other reason than to fulfill the task of testifying to the grace of God, then you are missing the mark as a church. Your role is to join your pastor in living out these convictions about the risen Christ, the love of God, And the death of Christ for all people in a way that the community of Dillon might say, you know, those folks over there at Dillon Community Church, they're crazy. (laughs) And if you live out that testimony with your pastor, you will see God do things that you can only now begin to imagine. May God give you strength and grace and conviction to live out what you believe about the risen Christ. Amen? Amen. 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 Thank you.
1: Yeah, you know, it feels like we should applaud for that. I agree. Not, not for Mark, but for that message and for Paul, who was a nut job and how we should be a nut job too. Thank you. That was great. Alicia. Alicia Spear is going to come. And now we're going to start through a ceremonial time frame where we're going to be doing some things in response. You'll have an opportunity to say some things back. Here you go, Alicia. You can use this guy right up here. That'd be great. Here, I can give it to you instead of just pointing at it. And she's going to read a few things, and then we'll have a chance to respond together as a congregation to that.
3: Guided by the Holy Spirit, we've extended a call to Jim to be our senior pastor of Dillon Community Church. And with this call, we have expressed our confidence in him that he can lead us as a congregation. It's a huge responsibility. But you know what? We have a responsibility, too. As a congregation, we have a responsibility to remember that this man is first and foremost a servant of God. We also have a responsibility to provide for his needs in a way that, are, that is pleasing to God. We also have a responsibility to love him and show him our love. We also have a responsibility to continue to support and accept him in his role as senior pastor. If this is your intention and you want to support Jim and the continuing ministry of Dillon Community Church, will you stand? Will you respond to several questions? Will you receive Jim to be your pastor, recognizing his place as a spiritual leadership at Dillon Community Church? Will you receive the word of God through him? If so, respond by saying, we will. We will. Will you do your part to supply his needs in a way that is pleasing to God? And will you encourage him and share with him in the work of Christ in our church? If so, respond by saying, we will. We will. Thank you. You may be seated.
1: Perfect. Militia, of course, is one of the members of the transition team. Thank you. She's going to help us through this next section. Love to have all the pastoral staff come forward. All those who function as pastors around here, that includes Tom, Mark, Jim, Jude, Annika. And we represent as the staff and the the pastoral team here, we represent those who function in such a way to bring and to follow through with Jim's leadership and to uh, function as God has called us to do. Right now, we're going to have several, several people come from the back, and they're going to bring some symbols with them. And Alicia will read a Bible verse that explains a little bit about the symbol. And then when they're here, they'll read a sentence as a charge to us as the staff. Go ahead, Alicia.
3: All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that all God's people may be thoroughly equipped for every good work.
0: Accept this Bible and be among us as one who preaches, teaches us the good news of God's saving work in Christ.
1: Thank you. You can put the Bible right there. And then if you guys would just stand to the side. Perfect. Next we have water. Go ahead, Alicia.
3: Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age.
2: Take this water and be among us to lead us into the world, to reach, and to baptize all the nations in the name of Christ. Thank
1: you. Next, we have a couple children with the children's Bible.
3: Whoever takes a humble place, becoming like this child, is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes one such child in my name, welcomes me.
0: Receive this children's book and be among us, as one who loves children and helps us grow in faith.
3: Perfect.
1: You guys can wait right over here. Perfect. Next we have the communion elements, the bread and the wine.
3: Is not the cup of thanksgiving for which we give thanks a participation in the blood of Christ? And is not the bread that we break a participation in the body of Christ? Because there is one loaf, we who are many are one body, for we partake in the one loaf.
2: Take this bread and wine and be among us to lead us together as one community to our risen Savior. Perfect. Thank you. Next
1: we have a hymnal representing the worship culture.
3: Be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submit to one another our reverence for Christ.
2: Receive this worship book and be among us and lead us together in the worship of the one true living God.
1: Next, we have oil representing healing and reconciliation.
3: Take this oil, and the spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release for the brokenhearted, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion. To bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of the spirit of despair.
0: Take this oil and be among us as a minister of God's healing and reconciliation.
1: Last, we have a candle representing the light.
3: You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven.
2: Use this candle to remind us that we, as a community, reflect God's glory to a world in need of God's love. Thank you.
3: Jim, let all these signs of the ministry that is yours and those who, let, let all of these be signs of your ministry and those that you lead at Dillon Community Church.
1: Thank you. We received these and these are great reminders. Hope someone has taken a picture because we want that to save, hang it on the wall. Wow. Tim Glasgow will come next as a representative of the Elder Board to uh, bring some challenges further.
4: 1 Timothy 4 Be a good minister of Christ Jesus, nourished on the truths of the faith and of good teaching that you have followed. Have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. Rather, train yourself to be godly. For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. This is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. That is why we labor and strive, because we have put our hope in the living God, who is the Savior of all people, and especially of those who believe. Under the guidance of the Holy Spirit, you have been called by this congregation to be their senior pastor. In all sincerity, preach the word, administer the sacraments in according with the scriptures. Comfort and counsel those who are sick, hurting, troubled, and searching for truth and life. Are you willing to assume the responsibility and the strength that God has given you?
0: By the grace of God, I will. I do feel like a groom. <laughs> much like the groom, I will. <laughs>
4: In assuming your responsibility as the pastor of this congregation, will you reaffirm your loyalty to the Dillon Community Church Statement of Faith and promise to support the work of Dillon Community Church in Summit County and around the world? By the grace of God,
1: I will. Those are the right answers. <laughs> and I say that to grooms. Yeah, let's give an applause for that.
2: What I learned this morning is that the children and I have something in common, right answers. <laughs> right
1: answers, that's good, very good. At this time, we're going to ask Jim to come up here to the center, and everyone else who's already up here can come up and join us. Also, we would like to call up all the elders currently serving, and any the generations of elders. If you've ever been an elder in this church, come on up, be a part of this. Uh, Dr. Young, Dr. Sealand,er come on up. Somebody grab us a chair too. Uh, maybe Ken, can you grab that chair or Scott right off the end there? Thank you. Because it's really hard to be the guy with all the hands on you when you're standing. It's really tough. We're gonna sit Jim right here in the middle. <clears throat> we can't possibly. Excuse me. Oh yeah, Nancy, you should come up here too. Come on up. Absolutely. We can get another chair up. I can do that real quick. Ron, can you grab a chair from the end there, any place? Thank you. Perfect. We couldn't have those up here the whole time, but this is perfect right now. Thank you. We can't pass the microphone around because that would just be completely impractical. But uh, if a few people would like to lead out... And Frank is going to close this time with a declaration on behalf of everyone. So, Frank, I'll give you the microphone to finalize. But those who pray out, pray out loud so the people in the back of the room can hear you. Let's pray for Jim. Dear Lord, help us know...
4: Patience with our people, and thank you for answering our prayers for unity and for uh, moving forward in this great time for DCC.
0: And bring us forward in this great reason in new spring, a new beginning, a new leader. Thank you. Mm-hmm. This is the What
4: a wonderful couple you've given Bill and Community Church in Jim and Nancy. And even though we feature a little bit of Jim today, we are mindful of the fact that uh, these are partners. of Jim. She will be ministering right alongside, feeling every uh, bit of uh, the struggle and the joy that goes along with being a pastor. Would you grant this couple harmony? Would you protect their marriage? Would you give them great fruit together?
2: In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and on behalf of the elders and congregation, I now declare that Jim is duly installed as senior pastor of Dillon Community Church. Let us continue to pray that God may be pleased to glorify himself through our church. Amen. Let's give it a big applause.
1: This seems appropriate somehow. Praise God from whom all blessings flow.
0: Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son,
1: Thank you. You may all be seated. Perfect. We have one more opportunity for worship this morning, and that is in the form of an offering. Uh, We're going to ask the ushers to get ready to collect an offering right now. And this is just a chance to give a a thanks to God, if that's how you'd like to express it today, in the form of an offering. We're going to sing a great, fun song. This is our last time. Also at the very end of this, I'll pray for the meal that we'll be enjoying. And so uh, we will after we're all done with this offertory and finish singing, we'll have a, a short prayer and a blessing for the meal, and then you'll be able to go across and enjoy each other's company through this morning. So let's sing this though. This is it's
0: like of the days of your servant right Joseph, righteousness be restored. And all the are days, days of great trial, of famine and darkness. darkness. Days of the seed, the child, become your and these are the days of your servants, they every building, temple of praise, and these are the days of the harvest, the fields are as wide as the world, and we are the laborers in your favor, declaring. There's no God like Jehovah. 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 no God Jehovah. no God There's no God like Jehovah. I still salvation come, holy God, riding on the clouds, shining like the sun, Have joy in God with your voice, dear to As I still salvation come, holy God, riding on the clouds, shining like the sun. Praise the Lord.
1: Hallelujah. That's true. Great ending. Okay, let's pray, and then you'll be able to just walk right across the the, uh, narthex there, get in line, and start eating and loving on each other. Here we go. Lord, thank you for this great celebration, this great time of installation, and we didn't even have to use any tools to install today. We were able to come together and uh, hear from your word, hear from each other hear from the congregation, hear from those who have been a part of Jim's journey in his life, specifically from Mark, who brought us such a great charge today. Give us the courage, give us the wisdom and strength to move forward into our future, uh, to look through that windshield, just remembering a few things from the past that are critical to help us move forward towards your glory, your honor, your destination. We love you. We thank you so much for those who have put together so much great food. I'm looking forward to it. I'm sure everybody else is here. We honor you together. We do all that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. You're dismissed.
0: Year of Jubilee. I am salvation come. Behold, he comes, riding on the clouds, shining like the sun, And a trumpet call, let your love, you do believe, I am still salvation come. There's no God, free it. There's no God like Jehovah. 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 God like out of Zion till salvation come. Behold, he comes. Riding on the cloud, shining like the sun. At the trumpet call, lift your voice. You do believe. Out of Zion till salvation come. Lift your voice. You do believe. Out of Zion till salvation come. <laughs> Woohoo,
1: that was fun.